7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Yes, that's me, Tabi Somusia. Good evening and thank you for uh, staying on SAFM and joining us on the show. I am not alone. Katlako Mudiba is producing and Babala Mduma is with us in a technical tonight. And this evening, we are going to be talking a lot of cricket. We want to, we've been meaning to reflect actually on the Mzansi Super League, which concluded in December with the Josie Stars winning the inaugural edition of this T20 uh, competition. So we finally managed uh, to get a few minutes from the Cricket SAC. Oh, Mr. Tabang Mora, who's been a busy man, and he'll give us his scorecard on the tournament that, of course, was on SABC as the who was the official broadcaster. Was it a success or not? We'll find out from Cricket SA. And talking about Cricket SA, I uh, will also hear from the, the Proteas convener of selectors, Mr. Linda Zondi, ahead of the third and final test match against Pakistan. It starts at the Wanderers tomorrow, and we will get his thoughts on the ODI squad that was announced today for the first two matches of that five-game ODI series against Pakistan because people are saying that this latest squad is a strong indication of how the makeup of the team will look like at this year's Cricket World Cup, which gets underway in England and Wales uh, in late May. So it's a big year for South African cricket. And I think now, after this uh, test series and after Sri Lanka, it will be uh, time to build up to um, the World Cup. Of course, Sri Lanka also still coming to these shores. And uh, staying with cricket will also profile... Keegan Peterson, if you haven't had the name, then you clearly have not been following the domestic four-day franchise cricket competition because this kid who plays for the Knights scored two 160s in one game uh, in the last match, in the last uh, round of matches uh, playing for the Knights against the Cobras. He scored a 161 in the first innings, followed it up with an unbeaten 165 in the second inning. So we'll catch up with Keegan Peterson. He's also the leading run scorer uh, so far in the four-day franchise cricket competition, averaging just over a 60. So he'll talk to us about his good form and we'll get a bit of background on uh, Keegan Peterson, who certainly, certainly uh, made a huge impact and uh, he's definitely not one to watch and if you were with us last night if you were listening to us last night when we spoke about boxing you heard that we had previewed the big fight that's happening tomorrow night American time and uh, Saturday morning South African time our very own unbeaten Golisa Nomeva Golisani Nomeva Ndongen who's 25 and 0 is fighting against Devin the Dream Haney who is touted as the next Floyd Mayweather Jr. that boy is 20 and 0 and uh, we actually previewed that fight yesterday with the uh, Andy Lesitinile, the boxing promoter, and uh, we were supposed to speak to Unomeva, but he actually told us that he was still at the gym and then he had to change hotels so he couldn't join us um, on the line. But we did manage to speak to him uh, um, uh, today. So we're going to play that interview with Unomeva Ndongeni ahead of his big fight in the US against this boy that's been dubbed as the next Floyd Mayweather. Uh, so that's what's coming up on the show this evening. Feel free to call us 0891 that's our studio number here on SAFM. Our SMS line is 40938. And we do take WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104107. For those on social media, we are using the hashtag SAFM Spot On. And uh, yeah, we even have an email address, spot at safm.co.za. So whichever uh, way you choose to communicate with us, feel free to communicate. Uh, we're going to hear from Kolisani Unomeva Ndongeni after the break. And then we'll talk all things cricket. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM.
Okay, so as I mentioned, uh, we finally managed to get hold of Unomeva. He's got a way in later on uh, today. Um, I heard of the fight tomorrow against Devin Henney, and we put a call through to him uh, to find out how are things going, how is he preparing for the fight, and I uh, began by asking him how he was settling in and how are things there in the U.S. Uh, I'm excited and I'm feeling very good and well about the fight because I know it's happening now. Here is the day of the way into me now today, so um can't wait to jump in the scale and make my weight, which is the, the, the biggest fight of any boxer that had to deal with first to, mm. to make the weight. You've been there for a couple of days now. How are things? Have you, How have you settled there in the U.S.? Uh, what I can tell you is that uh, this time around, uh, I adjusted well to the time zone because I used to struggle a lot when it comes to, to, to the time zone and the changing of everything. But this time around, yeah, Lion Avand is Vugan Avand. It's not like Kabeseli, Lene Kabeseli. No, that's good. And the weather, how's the weather that side? Not bad at all. You know, it's a very great weather. You can do anything outside. You can do whatever you want. Uh, it's not as cold as, as, as we thought to be uh, when we were coming, when we were coming here. Mm. But yeah, it's winter. So, But it's winter, like, how, so how, you're right. yeah. how would you describe your pre- preparations for this fight? This time, uh, to bring this fight, I go, uh, uh, like I can say that I've gone a little bit more than I used to be because uh, it was in December and luckily it, it was a very like bad timing for anyone to be concentrating in training but you know I did it and uh, I, I was lucky to have my, my coach Sean Smith with me every time and he was giving me full attention in the gym so uh, I can say that with the attention I got and and, and the one-on-ones we had because there was only me in the gym training this mm. December with the other guys who were just like helping there and there so I got all the focus, I got all the attention, uh, uh, I got every time to learn and listen to whatever we, we we were planning to do. So it was a great, it was a great, great camp. I don't want to lie. As much as it was very lonely and quiet, but it was good. It was a good one. Mm. I understand that there was a press conference already. What are people saying about the fight that side? Uh, it's a big fight for for the boy. And for me also, so people are excited, you know. I've been getting, like, uh, positive uh, comments from people around. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity for a South African boxer like me to headline a showtime uh, tournament. And it's the 5th of, of 2019, so everyone is looking forward to it, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a good fight. I've seen the boy. The boy is also like uh, ready, and he, he seems like he knows what's coming. So yeah, it's up to us for, to perform tomorrow. Are you not intimidated by all the attention this boy is getting? Because even Showtime has even done a series on him in the build-up to this fight, like we've seen with the other twenty-four-seven episodes. He's also got his own episode, and a lot of people are talking about him. Ah, that's not the fate of the match. Uh, the, 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 the fact is that we'll be getting in the ring, surviving without showtime, doing whatsoever, getting, like, 
in between us. Uh, I like the fact that the boy got every like type of coverage and, and the following and the hype around him because uh, 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 we all need those such those such such things, you know, uh, to be out there to everyone to see and know that we here in boxing and we're doing it, you know. So it's a great thing for him, but I don't want to lie. I, 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 I congratulate him for whatever he's doing with his team. So um, I'm not in, intimidated, you know. I've been in the game for quite some time. Uh, I know what I'm here for, and I believe that uh, that thing that, 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 that they do, the coverage and everything, and then they're posting many things about him and not me, but he's fighting me. Like They're making me like, uh, you know, they don't know me, and I don't blame them, you know, because we don't have such things in South Africa. So, 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 so I know my place, and I know why I'm here, and I know why I'm here to do what, what, why, what, what is it that I'm here to do. So it's not a failure of the match that the boy is all over and everyone is talking about him. The main purpose of what we hear is to get in the ring and fight and see who's who, you know. So it's a very great thing that they're following him. And it gives me more time to relax because no one is expecting anything uh, perfect from me. They think I'm here to just give the boy a chance to go to the world title. But you know what? They will be surprised. You've always been favorites in your fights. So are you happy to be the underdog for this one? I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. It's, it's about time. It's, you know, the, the, like when every person needs to get to 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 some like challenges mm. in life so that you, you can see how how can you uh, grow your your situations and circumstances you know when you always been the favored one you tend to loosen up a bit sometimes and then maybe sometimes you look away and then some of the things are gone you know so when i'm coming to this fight as an other dog it means a lot to me it means that I, I still have like uh, to face many challenges, and this is the first of of of, of the of the main challenges challenges to come. So it, it prepares me for greater things, you know. And how big an opportunity is this for you in the US on Showtime? Well, I don't want to lie. This is big, you know, because once I beat this boy, I will be in my top rating, and I I know everyone is going to be talking about me, and I will be getting a chance. Uh, um, I'll be, I'm hoping to be getting a chance to either of of, of the champions and um, or maybe one of the contenders, you know, mm. so that I can get close to a world title fight. Because you know what, um, I used to be rated high, but now I'm not there in the in, in, the, in the top rating. So after beating this boy, I, I can also myself try and push, call everyone that I think I deserve to be fighting with. And finally, how do you see the fight going? Does it matter to you if it goes the distance? The most important thing to me is to make it clean, you know. Make sure that I'm winning the fight convincingly, you know. Whether whether it goes the distance or I knock him out, uh, I don't want to lie. I will accept anything that comes my way. And uh, But the most important thing is to win. I'm not here for anything less than a win. And uh, uh, I will work hard for it. I will make sure. I will push. I have, I have, I have like, you know what? 
I know the boy is clever, fast, and he can move and he can box. But you know what? He doesn't have anything to take me out. Like, yeah, I don't see him maybe knocking me out anytime. I have. I have everything to knock him out, you know, because I have more power than him. I'm going to be bigger than him in the night. And you know what? I am also at least uh, uh, taller than him at beach. So I don't have too many challenges going to the fight, you know. Mm. So uh, I can do anything if I decided to do it, you know. If uh, if if it came to, if it came to me to push him up to until I get a knockout, I can do that. If it came to me to push him up, up until we like, go to the last round, I can still do it. And luckily, it's, it's winter here. It's not like I'm coming from a cold place. I'm coming from South Africa where it's hot and uh, I've been working more under pressure. So now it's going to be cooler for me because it's winter. And I believe one day I think it's going to be uh, raining and, oh, and, 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 and much cooler than this. Finally, what would you like to say to the people at home that are going to wake up and watch this fight and stream it? I see if you look at the comments now, people have changed. They seem to be supporting you. They seem to be more have more confidence in you now. What would you like to say? You know what? Uh, what, what, what I can tell you is that uh, I love boxing people. Like I said to you when we were in studio with you, that South African people, they know boxing, you know. And and they will tell you exactly what is on their minds. They don't care how you're taking it on, like, how you feel about it. They're not missing anyone's feelings about their beliefs. So when it came to them that they, they must start to trust me again, it means a lot to me, you know. Mm. And, and, and when they were not believing in me, most of them, it was still making me strong and making me more motivated and 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 wanna make sure that I don't have to prove anything to anyone but I need to do it for myself if people don't they don't believe in me, you know. So it was also like it was also only about doing it for me and my family. Those people that I know they depend on me, you know. And they're looking up to me, and they, they will support me with a lose or with a win. So uh, for for the friends, I, I really like them. I don't want to lie. I need them also in my in my career because they are the they are the people who, who knows everything, and they knows they can see my mistakes, and they can also help me in some of the things that I need to be uh, helped in in, in in order to be a, a world champion. You know, So if they look away from me, that will mean that I don't have anyone, you know. So I respect them and I respect their opinions. So uh, I, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling great that most of them, they are changing their minds. They can see that Nomeva uh, is not here to play and only to win. So it's a good motivation still, you know. Mm-hmm. But what I would I will tell you is that I'm focusing on doing it for me this time around than anyone who, who, who have different opinions than I, uh, than, than I do. Hmm. 
Well, that is Tolisani Ndongeni, better known as Unomeva, South Africa's undefeated champion who's 25 and 0 with 13 knockouts and he's fighting against another undefeated uh, prospect, a lightweight prospect, Devin the Dream Haney, who's 20 and 0 also with 13 knockouts and uh, they are fighting tomorrow night in the US in Louisiana for the vacant WBO Intercontinental Lightweight title and it's been described as both men's toughest test to date. Uh, David Haney, the dream, is ranked in the top 14 by the three uh, major world bodies, number 8 by the WBA, number 10 uh, by the IBF, number 11 by the WBC. And he's also been doing a lot of talking, as you heard from the interview. He's also got his own series on Showtime TV where he's building up to the fight. And he says, I'll be facing a very dangerous fighter in Kolisani Ndongeni, who has been ranked as high as number 3 in the WBA and has never been defeated. He's not just coming to the US to fight. Ndongeni thinks he can win. These are the fights that I need and I'm going to show the world once again that I'm not a prospect. I'm an elite fighter and I deserve a world title shot. That's what the 20-year-old from Oakland had to say at the press conference uh, that was that took place uh, yesterday. And of course, Undongenu Nomeva is no stranger to fighting in the US. He fought against Juan Garcia Mendez uh, who was uh, 19, I think it was 19 and 1 at the time and uh, he won that fight and uh, of course he's unbeaten as I said in uh, 25 fights. Uh, also held the IBO lightweight title which he won against with Jasper Siroka. So it should be a cracker, cracker of a fight. If you can find the link, if we can find the link, we'll definitely put it out on social media so we can all wake up at 3 in the morning and watch this one because it will be big. Uh, it's already huge in the US from what I'm seeing and from the reviews that I've also read throughout this week. So we wish Unomeva all the best of luck. Up next, we're going to speak to Keegan Peterson who's making waves in the cricket circles following his 2 one in the in the four-day franchise match for the Knights against the Cobras. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. And as I mentioned, we're also going to speak to the convener of selectors for the Proteas, Mr. Linda Zondi, later on, just to get his thoughts on the ODI side that was announced this afternoon with one eye, of course, on the World Cup. But let's say good evening now to Keegan Peterson, who is joining us on the line. Good, uh, Keegan, thank you very much for joining us on uh, SAFM. I hope you're well. No, I'm fine yourself. No, we are fine, man. You've had a terrific start to the well to the four-day franchise season. Seven matches, scored the most runs, averaging over 63. You must be delighted. Oh yeah, it's been a dream season up until now. Uh, but thank you. You really caught the eye though in the last match with those two one sixties. How do you describe that game for you? Like, <laughs> like I said, it was a dream come true. To be honest, uh, no one expected that, or myself didn't expect that. Uh, I had to score it against my my, my home side yeah. as well, so it's always a good feeling. Yeah, and and because we don't see a, a franchise uh, cricket on TV, we only see the highlights. How would you describe the two innings? Were they different? Were they similar for you? Did you have a, a, a different roles to play in both innings? I think it was a bit different. The first innings we were under pressure, being three for three, so I had to bat differently in the first innings than I did in the second. The uh, second was. It was a bit different because I think the game was a, a bit dead at that time. I don't think either one of the teams could win at the time. But uh, it's, it's very much different in both innings. Mm. How do you look at it now going forward? Are all eyes on you. Does it put a bit of pressure on you now to be consistent or you're just going to keep on playing the same game that you've been playing? No, I just keep on playing the same game I've been, I've been playing, doing what I've been doing. All in preparation and going up in the last three games, 
of the four-day competition, I've, I don't have to change anything. Mm. And Keegan, just for those who are not familiar with you and your background, you mentioned earlier on that you had to score those 160s against your home franchise, basically. Just give us a bit of background of where you're from and where you started playing. Uh, I'm from Paul originally. I've been in Bloemfontein for about three years now already. Uh, started off my career at, at Poland, uh, uh, semi-provincial uh, team. And... Um, like I said, I came on loan to the Nitro Cup uh, two, three years ago, I think, and I've been here ever since. Mm. And I've also read somewhere that you're from a family with a sporting background back in Pal. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, my dad is, is a sportsman himself. He's played both rugby and cricket, uh, to my understanding, at provincial level as well. So mm. my family is quite big on sports. Not only my dad, but a few others of my uncles and all that. And how big a part have they played in your career? Are they very, very are they very close, and uh, are they always monitoring you? My dad, in particular, plays a big part in my career, my life. To be honest, uh, he's like a mentor to me. He's coached me since I was probably five, six years old, and he knows the game at least because he's played and he's he's helped a lot. Mm. And how would you describe your playing style uh, for those who haven't seen you bet? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Stylish right-handed batsman. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, bit, a little short guy that can that can bat for a day. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 is there anybody that you looked up to that you probably modeled your game around when you were growing up? Uh, no one in particular, to be honest. I've just gone on my, like I said, my dad's word and his guidance and it got me to where I am right now. Mm. And explain to us, how did you end up at the Knights if you from Paul? <laughs> no, I just got a call from our previous coach, uh, Nicky Boyer, at the time. Uh, asked if I could come on loan for the last five games in the, in the season that the Knights won before the competition. Mm. Asked if I wanted to come on loan to fill a gap, and, and I did, and you know, just looked forward ever since. Mm. And what are the goals for you going forward, Keegan Peterson? What what are you hoping to achieve in the game? A little cliche to say because every cricketer in the country would say this. So I have to play for my country, obviously. That's why I'm doing this. Um, and and would you say there's anything that you did differently going into this season, as far as your preps are concerned, uh, that you've been so consistent and you've been able to get the big runs? Uh, the Knights have worked very hard for the past couple of months. I mean. Preparation in pre-season and leading up to the season has been the best I've ever had, to be honest. We, we I can say with confidence, we're one of the fittest sides in the country and we've worked very, very hard to, to, to get us here. Mm. And and as a, as, a, as a batsman, I mean, uh, I, I know you, you, you can't really describe yourself. The people that watch you must say what kind of a batsman are you, are, you are. But are you comfortable in playing in all three formats of the game? Uh, how, how are you? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't mind. My, my game doesn't change very much uh, across all three formats. I mean, white ball is going to have to be a bit more attacking than red ball, but uh, not a really big change. So I'll just bat the same way, basically the same way in all formats. Mm. Well, Keegan, we wish you all the best of luck, man. We just wanted to uh, just bring you on and just highlight what you uh, did in that match against the... How did they take it? What did they say to you after the game? <laughs> the, the Cobras. <laughs> I don't know. It's all, it's, it's all friends of mine, obviously ex-teammates. So they, they did say well done and they were happy for me and also 
always will always be part of my life in some sort of way. Did you have a point to prove in that game? Well, I always have a point to prove against the Cobras. <laughs> <laughs> and I also understand that you've got a double century. You've got a highest score of 225 not out. Was that when you were still with Boland? Yes, I was still with Boland. That was in my second season of first-class cricket. A good couple of years ago. <laughs> and and how do you describe yourself? Are you do you describe yourself as a wicket as an all-rounder as a batsman who also keeps because I understand you also bowl occasional spin? Yeah, my teammates make quite a joke of this because <laughs> everything I'm just a bowler, keeper, whatever they need me to be, I'll be. <laughs> and you comfortable in doing all three? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay, great stuff. Keegan, thank you very much for finding time to speak to us. We really just wanted to catch up with you and just highlight what you've done to the rest of the country and we wish you all the best going forward. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Keegan Peterson there, nice kid also. Uh, scored two 160s in one match. That is a really, really uh, great stat that and he's got a highest score of 225 not out that he's actually scored as a a 19, was it a 19-year-old back in 2012 from Modern Red? He was only 19 years old. So he's definitely one that I'm sure the selectors will keep an eye on because they do reward those in form. We saw what's happened with Zubay Hamza. He was in terrific form last season. He was in terrific form for the SAA when they went uh, to India and he was rewarded now with the call-up and could make his debut for the Proteas tomorrow in that third and final test match against Pakistan. We'll find out more from the convener of selectors, Mr. Linda Zondi, who will join us uh, after this quick break. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.4 FM in Hermanus. Do feel free to join the conversation, of course, at any time on 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 40938. We do take WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104-107. And for those on social media, we use the hashtag SAFMSpot on. And we are now joined on the line by the convener of selectors, Proteus, Mr. Linda Zondi, ahead of the third and final test against Pakistan, which gets underway at the Bull Ring tomorrow. The ODI squad to take on Pakistan in the first two matches of that five-game ODI series was also announced and there is a new cap in uh, Lions batsman Rassi van der Dessen. But let's get more from Mr. Zondi. Mr. Zondi, good evening, sir. Thank you very much for finding time to speak to us on SAFM. Good evening and good evening to your listeners as well. Before we get into selection matters, I've always wanted to ask this. Please enlighten us as to how the selection panel works and who is it made up of? <laughs> the selection panel is made up of um, um, four, sele- four selectors. Um, which makes up of um, the, the, the three gentlemen who are part of the selection panel, and the coach is also part of the of the selection panel, which is Otis Gibson, and myself, who is then a convener or a chair, chairman of selectors. That mm. is that is that is a selection panel that we currently have in our system. And who are the other members of the panel? The other members we've got um, Errol Stewart, mm-hmm. who's, um, who's who's one of the selectors. We've got Lars Lukosiani, who's also a selector, and Hussein Manak, um, who's, 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 who makes up the, the, the total of five selectors, including myself. Ah, and then is this panel responsible for selection on all three formats of the game, or do you bring in other people at different times? No, that's our role is to select the, the Proteus uh, team or Proteus squad. Um, that all goes down into the starting 11 as well. 
It's not an, an old system whereby you have your selectors who select the squad and they leave it to the coach and the captain. This time, since 2013, um, the, the, the selection system has changed whereby then the coach, the selector, and the captain do have a say, but the final say will then go to to the cap, to the coach and the selector to make the final call. Um, then what ha- what happened in, in, within within the panel is that every tour you will have a selector on tour, which will then select the team and they will liaise uh, with, with the panel as we as as a way forward in terms of finalisation of the side. Okay, great, loud and clear. Let's get now to that ODI side that was announced today for those first two matches. What can we read uh, from this team that was announced? What are you looking to get out of the squad selected? Obviously, there is one eye on the World Cup uh, uh, later this year. Absolutely. I think we are at a stage as a panel whereby we need to be starting fine-tuning our roles, um, the roles that you are giving players and the players that you are looking for in terms of the players that we want to take to the World Cup. It's unfortunate that then we've only got one series left, which is which is made up of five matches against Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. So then it's boiled down into a point that we only got five matches against Pakistan to make sure that our team is 98, close to 99% comes Sri Lanka. So hence we are trying to, by all means, to to look at the players, the, the players that probably that, that we are sort of like not sure uh, in terms of the comparison and. The, due to the roles that we are looking at. So we're at that stage. So we've decided that we're going to choose the squad for the first two matches. Mm-hmm. Because what we normally do, we'll choose a squad for the a 15-member squad for the series, yes. which means it might block out the other cars, probably the number, the number 16, 16, 17, 18. So which, which then is going to put us under pressure in terms of where, we, where we're going with the SAR. So we've decided to go with the, tw- the, the, the squad for the first two matches. After the squad of two matches, then we look at the performance and also if the players didn't perform. So regardless if the player did perform or not, we as selectors, after the second match at Kingsmead, we're going to sit and decide which players we're going to look at and which role we're going to look at. For example, when you look at the all-rounder position, at the moment yes. we went with, we picked a brand, um Pretorius, mm-hmm. of which then we've got we've got we've got, we've got Andile Pesuai, of which is part of that. We've got Chris Morris on the side. We also got a Mulder on the side. Mm-hmm. So th- th- those are the guys that we are looking at. So it's important for us to make sure that while we are looking at the at the, the 15, 15 players that we want to take to work out, we must also have at least two backup players for each position, which is going to put us in, into a, 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 a platform whereby. When we make the final call, at least we know who our backup. So we are at that stage at the moment, and then it's a pity that we only got three matches to finalise that. Mm. A lot's been said about the omission of Chris Morris today. Is it because you know what he can do and you want to look at the other guys? What's the thinking there? I think we, we definitely we know what Chris Morris. Chris Morris at the moment he, he just he sustained an injury, but now he's he's, he's he's fit. I think it's a matter of him being a match fit. I think he um, has tend to be correct, but he's going to be playing. I think he will play um, against against the, the match next week um, for the Titans, tend mm-hmm. to be corrected. But then for us, is we know what Chris Morris can do. And it's all about making sure that let's see the other cars. Um, because when you cannot ask, um, uh, uh, you cannot ask pace when Chris Morris body does ball just above 140. We know that Chris Morris can finish the game. But it's a matter of we are at the point whereby we need to be sure with the other guys. Can can Dan Pichoras ball turn over and call, can he also bat? Because we haven't seen much of him. Can can other all-rounders, the Mulder or anyone else that is part and parcel of the, 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 the skill that we're looking at, 
can they deliver? So whereby when we finalize the, the, the squad for the last three, then we'll be in a better position to decide or what a, a Chris Morris can do. If, if it means we decide to bring a Morris, then we, we've got that, that platform or that opportunity as selectors to final, finalize the squad. Because like I said before, by the time we go to Sri Lankan series, the squad should be almost 99%. We can't be getting to the Sri Lankan series and we're discussing three or four players, you know. So we are at that point. When you look at um, Australia, we, it was it was unfortunate that Hashim Amla got injured, but mm. it gave us an opportunity to look at Makram and Riza to open. And also there was a Quentin de Kock. We tried Mark, we tried Riza at three in Sri Lanka. We managed to get to get um, a time. So for us is if we try Riza at three, hence we've left out the Makram for now. Let's see what Riza can do because we've, we've seen what what Makram can do at, at three. We've seen what Makram can do up front. Let's have a look at Ashim. So we are at that stage at the moment. Who is our second best keeper? Who's going to be back up to 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 Quentin de Kock? Mm-hmm. Will 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 the guy like a Tahir and a Shemzi? That's our combination of which we're quite clear in the spinning department. We've got David Miller. Hence, we've brought in um, um, Fanda Dawson, whereby he's a guy that has done well within the front half, yeah. and he also can, can, can rotate the strike well. He's a good fielder and he's a, he's a finisher. So then we're looking at that middle order. We've got a JP who's injured. He needs to come back into a side who also can rotate the strike well and finish the game. So we're at that fine-tuning stage, and it's just a direct competition of players. So we are, as selectors, we're giving ourselves enough time or enough opportunity to look at players and make the final call. And a guy like Rasi van der Dessen, Mr. Linda Zondi, that you've just mentioned was in superb form in the Mzansi Super League. Is he somebody that you've been monitoring? Is he somebody that's been rewarded for his good form? Absolutely, absolutely. When you look at uh, a guy like uh, uh, Rasi van der Dessen, he's a guy who's done well. When you talk about a guy who's just pushed the wall, he's done well. He definitely has lifted his hand and he said, selectors have done enough. For, for, for you to look at me, of which we, we that's what we've done. We've, we've, we've rewarded what he has achieved within the franchise. Because remember, we we picked him in the SAA. He went to mm-hmm. SAA side, and we also picked him um, in, into in, in, in our in our T20. Because for the past couple of months, we've used the T20 as a fa- as an elementary phase for guys to, to progress into the ODR, of which we have done. That is done reasonably okay within the T20. Hence, now we want to have a look at him um, in the in in the ODR. Because a guy like Rusty is that we are slightly fortunate because a guy like Riza Hendricks, a guy like Markram, and a guy like Van der Dossin, they're vital players. They, they can play three, four, five, six mm-hmm. as well. So we are fortunate that the guys that we are looking at, the guys that we need to, the guys that we need to decide or who we're taking forward, they can play the different roles. So it's just for us to say, yes, here's the two matches, guys. Let's see what you can do. And then after that, let's decide the final three and then we'll take it forward. I was about to ask you, where do you see him fitting in the betting lineup? But I think you've answered that. Does this mean then with a guy like Rasi being rewarded that the door is not closed on anyone at the moment? Absolutely. I think I think for now, it's probably for, for, for Pakistan. Um, like in the last three, I'll say now the door is closed for the first two. Because <laughs> we've announced this quite for the first two. Yeah. But definitely for the last three, the door is not closed. A couple of guys, I mean... We took we took the Hadid, we took Morris to Australia, but they didn't have any game time. Mm. Um, so we had, when we make a decision after the second match, then the, it's not close. We'll make a call in terms of where we are. Like I said, we might decide that we've seen enough of Rabada. Let's look at it, our backup bowlers, same bowlers mm. in the last three. Or also we've seen Stain, so we might decide that we might rest Stain. Or we might say, let's give them another three games. So 
we are at the stage whereby we're giving ourselves enough time to make final decisions in terms of, of setting players um, for, for for the final three matches. Well, at the end of the day, players, I think they're all aware that it's at the end of the day, they need to lift their hands in terms of the final 15. I think we're at a good space from the selection that I think the, the, the options that we have at the moment, it, it, we definitely is going to allow us to make to make the final call. But, you know, selection, it, it comes... Uh, it's one of those positions whereby you, you you might get it right or you might not get it right. But we are very confident that we, we need to be in a good space when we, we know that team that is picked is a, a, a strong team that should be lifting the, the cup for us. You've mentioned Vian Mulder a couple of times and I know he's one that excites you. Uh, I've seen him play when he was still in, at school under Jeffrey Toyana. Some call him the baby colors. How do you look at a, at a guy like Vian Mulder? Do you look at somebody that's ready for now or somebody that you need to nurture and make sure that he's ready for the future? Bit of both. One that you can nurture and one can be ready for now. And we can only have those answers when when um, we, we play him. But unfortunately, um, we need to, we, we had to, we had to decide that a guy like a Pretorius, he played about two games in Australia. What do we do with him? Do we, do we only give him two matches or we have a look at him again? Um, so that's a part and parcel of our decision. It was unfortunate that a guy like a Mulder got injured whereby we were going to Australia. So there's nothing we can do about injury, but it was going to give us enough space to decide and to know where he, where Mulder is, is he, is, he, is he ready or is not, or is one for the future? Because he's a betting all-rounder. We need those. If you've got a betting all-rounder, guy who goes at what, just above 130, 135, and he's young, you, you will need that because he will just complement your, your your bowling attack as well and with the bat. So he does play that role as a betting all-rounder. Of which there's nice scars around the country, which we need to be really looking forward. We've got enough, I think we've got more than enough bowling all-rounders currently have so it is a guy that we if if if, if he doesn't get a, a probably a nod within the next three matches mm-hmm. it is one for the future but definitely those are the guys and those are the roles that we are looking at um but i mean the competition is there it's a direct competition the players must understand that when they pick they represent the country so the pressure is on Mm. And for a change, you've got a headache when it comes to the spinners now because the guys are coming <laughs> through. You've got Keshav, you've got Tabrez, you've got, of course, uh, Tahir. Is that a good headache to have? No, I think we don't have a headache with the spinners because <laughs> we know that we're taking two spinners. Uh-huh. Um, I think those guys have done enough. So I think we are more comfortable um, in, in that department because I think both of them, it's always nice to have rich spinners and uh, to those guys who does the work. So mm. I think we are, we are better off because... Even whatever happens to Tahir after the World Cup, I think Shane is kind of coming nicely. Mm. So I think we, we are definitely um, in, in, a, in a better space in, 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 the, in the spinning department. Mm. And does that please you? Because they've always been, uh, that's, well, it's always been said that we're struggling to produce the spinners. Absolutely. Does it please you that Absolutely. the guys are now coming through? Absolutely. I mean, like I said, five years ago, we, we struggled to, to have spinners. Now we've got so many spinners that, that are coming through, and they ooze confidence. I mean, when you look at our polling attack now, young guys that are coming through, I mean, Olefia within the test point of view, mm-hmm. Olefia can also um, can also come through with the white ball. He's, he's done well, he's done, he's done reasonably well. I mean, so we've got, we've got Stain now, who was out for a year. He comes back and he does well both with the red ball and the white ball. You've got you've got Lunging it. Yes, he's injured. He's coming through. All these guys are just ooze confidence and they they ball quickly. So for us, we're in a better space. And there's a nice night Nokia. You saw him in the yeah. MSL. He's yeah, bowling yeah, well. He's in the MSL. So he got injured. So for us, is 
when you look at where cricket South Africa is in terms of the succession plan, in terms of pipeline, I think we're in a better space because we just came, we just come from that 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 dark cloud where mm-hmm. a lot of our guys left. Um, so at least it, it goes to show the strength of our franchise and the strength of the pipeline of players that are coming through the system. But at the end of the day, it's all about now making sure that as selectors we 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 are clear in our minds in terms of the guys we want to take. Road. At the end of the day, lifting that, that, that World Cup trophy is it's the ultimate goal that we all have. And what will be key there in England and Wales? I mean, will it be the betting, the bowling? How do you guys look at it? I think that's why we're trying for all means to make sure that if you've got that within your betting lineup, that's why we are very much critical in terms of knowing that do we have a guy who will come in at number seven who can bet and able to bowl as well? If, then, if, that, if that's so, then you've got one to six, and then you've got that guy who can come in at seven. Within the top seven, you've got a guy coming at seven who can bowl and give you a couple of holes or four to five. And within that, you've got a JP, if he's fit and then he's ready to go, who can also both spin and give you four overs or, or so on. So then it allows the captain to juggle around and also have options. Then you've got these four seamers. The, the four seamers that you have, the guys that are coming through the system, over and above that, you've got spinners. So I think when you look at the structure of the team and what, what we have done for the since, since we have started this vision 2019, I think it's a matter of, of, of now completing the puzzle in terms of the players that we have. It's key. Most of our, of our spinners, they, they, are, they are not um, strong in terms of the batting. So if you decide to play two spinners, then you'll see that you've got a stain. If you decide to play stain or not, or about it, then the two guys who are spinners, they're not, they're not strong with the bat. So then it's limiting you within the batting point of view. So it's vital then to see that number seven can come in or is number eight can come in and able to ball quick while you're accommodating the spinners. So that's what we, we are in, in, in that position in terms of trying for all to, to complete the puzzle in terms of uh, our plans. So we are in, the, in a better position. If then in England we decide to play two spinners, then we can. If we decide to play four spinners, yes, we can. If we decide to play six six batters and an extra uh, an all-round or two all-round, yes, we can. So... We, we, we are really, really in good space, hoping that the guys will tick and, and, and go through. Because when you look at all the World Cups or, uh, before, mm-hmm. we've always been strong in terms of going with two, two all-rounders, the seven and eight. Mm-hmm. So now we, 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 are, we are saying maybe we should go with a betting all-rounder and we've got two spinners. Because as you know, South Africa, we were very hesitant of playing two spinners in the starting level. I think now we, we are very confident because of the quality of the spinners that we currently have. And how is the pressure going into this World Cup? I know there's always pressure every World Cup. Do you try and manage expectations or do you confidently go out and say that you are still gunning for the, t- for, for the trophy? I think pressure is part and parcel of, of the fraternity that we're in. And I think how we manage pressure, it's up to the guys. I think probably we, be, we, 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 we are fortunate that we've got a, a coach that has won the World Cup before. Otis Gibson has won the World Cup with the West Indies. So it comes with that, with that, with that volume of experience in terms of how to win the World Cup. The coaches that have coached South Africa before have never won the World Cup. In the, in, so maybe that will be that. That is our our weapon in terms of how we wanna, as a country, wanna cross that line. We've got a couple of players who are, are very experienced. Uh, FAF has been there to two or two two World Cups, and to be corrected, and and we've got these young guys who don't carry a. a a, a, a baggage of this this tag of chokers. You know, these guys who are coming through mm-hmm. now the system, 
I mean, the cock, it, has, it doesn't carry a uh, or Rabada. It doesn't have that, that tech of, of chokers. These are guys who, like, they, they're very strong. They're very confident. They believe in their skill so much. And they want they want to be best in the world, and um, and and this is the platform for them to to to, to win. I mean, Kakiso and Makram they won the World Cup before at under yeah. 19 level, so at least they've got a taste of it before. So we we are hoping that if if it, if everything goes well, um, those guys will come through for us. For those who've just joined us on SAFM, we are catching up with the convener of selectors for the Proteas, Mr. Linda Zondi, just to get his thoughts on the, well, just to get insight on the ODI squad that was announced uh, today. And of course, the Proteas take on Pakistan tomorrow in the third and final test match, which takes place at the Wanderers. And on that note, Mr. Zondi, is Zubay Hamza going to make his debut? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, we still have to, yes, I, I think I think Makram is as passed the fitness test, but yes. still the guys need to finalise and the team in the morning. But um, Hamza is definitely coming in because Faf is, is we, we, we know that Faf is not going to be playing because it's suspended. So it is very good for, 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 for the country. But you see, these young guys coming through, it, it, it's good. But we at, at some point, you know, we are a country that we just want to win everything. That is our that is our uh, our role, and then we want we want we're a country that want winners. But at, at some ta- at some point, we need to, to to understand that some of these young guys they will fail some, at, at times. It's just a matter for us to be patient. So we're very excited for Hamza to come through because he has done reasonable well in the franchise. He has done well. I mean, the progression and the the, the roadmap when it ca- when it came to him planning has been there and is 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 done well. So we're hoping that it's going to come through. Like I said, I think. I was a selector when um, at, at I think 2013, 2014, when Graham Smith, like I said, Graham Smith and and Callis and all these guys retired, and it was like a vacuum. Whereby then we have to try to balance out the experience and and so on. But now, if the older guys come, they they they, they are there and they, they are gelling with the with the young guys. Definitely, when uh, 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 Amla and Faf they decide to call it a quit in a year or two. By then, Tafiso Rabata will experience, Quentin Tekoku will experience, Makram mm. will be experienced, Dean Elga will experience. So then you've got, you've got a volume of guys that will be experienced in a year or two. Hence, we are, we are trying to spread the leadership um, role as much as we can. Quentin Tekoku is giving him a, um, a captaincy when, when Faf as well in the ODI. So he's tasted it in terms of not thinking about what. When you're a player and you're so talented, it's all about your own game. Yeah. But to me, to give in a, a leadership position, you have to think about your game, the team, think about the country, think about performance or everything else. So that, that definitely that definitely gives you the confidence. So while we're giving um, Elga, you, you can, then you see that within the starting level, you've got a lot of guys who understand the leadership, who can, who can pull together as a team. I think that's what it's all about. And even Aiden Makram was given a chance to lead the team. Even got, Aiden, even yes. absolutely, even Aiden Makram. So we're in a position that one day when we decide to to choose the captain, we know that the, uh, Makram has done it, Quintin has done it, and Makram has done it. Or if there's a fourth guy that we're going to have a look, we then we decide: Are we going with two captains who are going to look at the, the white ball point of view or the red ball point of view? Which player are we going to look at? Are we going to look yeah. at a Makram who can play all three formats, or Quintin Tukok who can play all formats, or an Elga who can just focus primarily with the red ball? So we need we're creating these options for us whereby it, it's a planning advice in terms of when we make that call at least we've got, we've got enough uh, players to choose from. Okay, we've got Sipo who's been listening to the conversation from Deben. He wants to say something. Sipo, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, Taviso. Uh, and good evening to Mr. Zondi there. Uh, evening, I know Mr. Mr. Zondi very personally from Deben because 
we went to the same school together. So Glenwood High, is that Glenwood? That's Glenwood High School, <laughs> yes. Mr. Zondi Sipo Kama here. Hey, how are you, Sipo? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, um, how are you, Sipo? Long time. I'm very good. <laughs> you know, uh, one, you know, I'm so sorry, we're doing a little reunion on, on, on your show. The, uh, <laughs> no problem. Firstly, first, just, you know, to express the pride that we have uh, from locally in terms of KZN and how well Mr. Zondi. And, and I had to call him Mr. Zondi when I arrived at Glenwood High School. So, yeah, the sterling work that he's been doing. But, you know, uh, just going back with, with, with just to to get his thoughts on, on the issue of transformation, it seems that, you know, he's, uh, Cricket South Africa has been, and, and him in the forefront in terms of doing that well, in light of, of the recent comments by the Springbok captain. Yeah. I just wanted to know his thoughts on, on, on what is it that Cricket South Africa and his influence in terms of getting it right. And you hear in the way he even speaks about the captaincy as well, yes. that there seems to be a lot of thought that goes into the national team and, 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 and the selection and, 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 and taking care of those important issues that matter to South Africa? Very good question, Sipo, because you can see the results are there. We can see that the players are coming through in the domestic game and they're progressing to the uh, national teams um, as far as transformation is concerned. What do you, what's your um, response to that, Mr. Zondi? Yeah, thanks, Sipo, uh, for giving me that, uh, that hard question. Yes, Sipo, thanks. <laughs> 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 no, I think, I think, I think uh, what, what we have done well with Cricket South Africa and within our pipeline is that we, we, we have managed to, 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 to be in a position whereby we identify quality players. Transformation is not about adding numbers. Transformation is about making sure that you always try to, to call for black excellence. When you, when, I remember when, when, when Kakiko Rabada just started, he said to me, I don't want to be just a, a, a player in the starting level. I want to be best in the world. Okay, so I think he has achieved that. And I'm, 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 I'm in a position whereby, as we speak, you remember this name, Lifan Gandhi. Mm. Lifan Gandhi is a guy who's been, in, has just been selected for SN19. Uh, when he played at Cubs Week, right, recently in January, I, I was there watching the selectors were there. He bowled quicker than Kakiko Rabanda at his age group. So already we, we, with the succession plan, it was the under-19 guys, you know, who, who, who guys with the guys that are coming through. The guys within our franchise system, they're playing well and they're performing. So it's not about I'm black, give me an opportunity, I'm using a black card. Mm. These are the guys who are so used in terms of playing. And I think the board was bold enough to, to say within, within the franchise system, this is the target that you have for the year. Because we as cricket, with, with the protesters, as well, got a target for a year. But within that target, it doesn't mean that if, if Lungengate is injured, we're going to go somewhere and look and pull someone who's not deserving to be in the side. Because what we're doing then, we're going to kill the, the guys, the kids that are 13 and 15, who not be, who's going to look at the guy and say he's not good enough. So that's what I think that's what we've done. I think as a chairman of selectors of the panel, we will make sure that you go for black excellence because that's what transformation is, 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 has done. You know, back in the days, the people they used to say, they used to say transformation has, has got a, a, a potential to weaken the team. I think we have proven that for a year that transformation doesn't weaken the team, but what it does, it, just strength, it has strengthened the team. I think we're in a very good space in terms of that. It hasn't come easy, but we, we, I think we've been passionate within the whole Cricket South Africa. And I think now, led by the, our CEO, Tabang, and the whole board, and with our pipeline, I think we're in a better space. I think it's just going to continue doing. Our players within the franchise are so used to scoring hundreds. 
Mm. And so it's so good, and we, we're definitely in the, in the right space. And we're seeing the guys coming through. I mean, there's an exciting boy at the Warriors, Snetemba Kleshile, who's definitely a one to also watch. Kleshile, just watch his face. Snetemba Kleshile is a young guy, sitting at number six, he's coming nicely. It was Pamela, who's done exceptionally well. Yes. He's 19, last day he was 19, this day is 20. Done well at MC, in the league, now it was finished. So we've got these young guys who are so hungry for opportunity, not because they're black, mm. because given an opportunity and they've been through the system, they definitely will come true for us. And finally, Mr. Zondi, we had that call from Sipo, your former schoolmate at Glenwood High. Last year, you were honoured by the high school. Uh, they named the Cricket Academy after you. I remember that. They're calling it the Linda Zondi Cricket Academy. I mean, you must be humble and you must be humbled and honoured by that, especially coming from a disadvantaged background and where you come from. Absolutely. I, I mean, if you ask me now, Linda, would you choose a million rand or would you choose that? That legacy, I'll tell you, I'll choose that legacy because I know that after me, a, a lot of guys will, will go to Glenwood and they'll know there was a guy called Linda Zondi. And it's definitely not about Linda Zondi. I'm part and parcel of this process. I'm part and parcel of this cause. And one day there will be guys who will be better than Linda Zondi. They should be doing better than Linda Zondi. When we're playing, we never had guys who look up to, especially of color. Now, the, the guys who are coming through the system, they've got, they've got us who are part and parcel within the within the administration. We've got the CEO, Tabang, who's also a black African, who is also part of the puzzle. We've got the selectors who are there, for president. So the young guys who are coming through definitely shouldn't be about the color of their skin, should be about the excellence and what they can do. So for me, I was really honored because there will be more guys who will be coming through the system. So it's, uh, I was, uh, uh, when, when I was interviewed, I cried <laughs> because I remember when, when, when Sipo and, and all of us, when we started the claim, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy. Mm. We were coming into a different environment. We were, it was like an alien coming to, to these schools because, first of all, I remember the first time I saw a prefect and I saw this big guy. Most of them, they play rugby. They're so big and they're coming and they push you around. And at the time, at grade, eight, at grade nine, we had to play first team. We used to be challenged why you're coming to and you're playing. You know, we played in an era whereby when you score 100, the selector will come to you and say, no, you scored 100 against a weak team. Mm. And then you try and play and score 100 against the, the strong team. And then they'll come around and say, oh, we play, you scored 100. You, you, you played in a smaller field. You know, so the, that's what we, we were so used. Mm. So I was very honored. And, 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 and people is part and parcel of, 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 of the structure who decided to honor. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Great stuff, and we are grateful that you found time to speak to us, uh, Mr. Linda Azundi, and uh, we wish you all the best going forward as well as the team. Of course, it's a big year as far as the World Cup is concerned. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you, sir. That is the convener of national convener of selectors, uh, Mr. Linda Azondi, who is a part of the team that's responsible, as you heard, from picking the Protea squad as well as the starting 11, of course, in conjunction with the coach and the captain there. And he's now got the Linda Azondi Cricket Academy, named after him by the Glenwood High School, who he joined uh, back in 19. He went to the school enrolled at the school back in 1992 on a cricket scholarship. He's a man that's played the game also, uh, Linda Zondi, and he's also been part of the national under-19 team, and he went on tour with that team. So he is definitely a cricket man through and through. That's where we have to leave it, and uh, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow.